Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Everybody, this is Russ K5TUX. I am the host of Linux in the Ham Shack, and unfortunately tonight we are minus one Canadian, but we were also plus one Canadian. So I believe um, our Canadians are adequately represented, and we also have Cheryl in the house, which hopefully she is not muted. No, I am not muted. Oh, good, you're not muted. That's excellent. So uh, let me introduce our replacement Canadian for the night, Mike Maydaniuk, which I hope is close to how you actually pronounce your name. Hey, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, in fact, I don't really know how to pronounce it myself, so I just I just go with whatever whatever feels comfortable that day. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for being here, and we'll get to why you're on the show in a little bit, although I have a feeling most people might suspect why you are here, other than to fill in for the uh, wayward Pete Let's see, your call sign is VA7XXM, which, uh, did you happen to luck out on that one, or did you choose that one? Uh, in Canada, we get to choose basically whatever you want, so uh, yeah, yeah, I just chose that one. All right, interesting. Well, we'll find out more about VA7XXM later on in the show, but we should probably just go ahead and jump right in. Cheryl, since you were the one who kind of... Uh, dumped all of these news items into the Etherpad, I'll let you uh, go ahead and do the first one. Alrighty then. So let's hear. The first one is Morse code key for Apple iOS 8. If you have a device running Apple's new iOS 8 operating system, you can now add an app that will permit sending Morse code from that unit. Morse code telegraph keyboard plugs directly into your iPhone's keyboard and lets you send dots and dashes from right within iMessage or your favorite email. The most interesting feature of the keyboard app is its relatively relative lack of keys. It only includes the bare essentials of a J38 looking key and a handy Morse code alphabet and numbers guide. If you want to give it a try, Morse code telegraph keyboard is available for only 99 cents at the app store. And that information, of course, is going to be in the Etherpad. And uh, we got that, or you got that off of the AWRL newsline, or no, amateur radio newsline. That's where you got yeah. that. If you happen to be, and we are equal opportunity offenders on this show, so if you do happen to use Apple's uh, iOS on an iPhone, go ahead and give this a try. I forgot to announce the sort of segment we do. We actually have, like, segments now. Uh, we're in our amateur radio segment, and uh, that is why that is there, because that's not a Linux topic in any way. But it is amateur radio related, and I know some people who listen to us actually use iPhones, whether by coercion or preference. I will go ahead and uh, move on to the next thing, which is that a radio amateur is going to be a co-winner of the Nobel Prize in Chemistry. Uh, a ham radio operator is one of three scientists named, named by the Royal Swedish Academy to receive the Nobel Prize in Chemistry. Stanford University News says that William Morner, who holds the call Whiskey November 6, India, and who is a chemistry professor at Stanford, will share the award for his work in high-resolution nanoscopy. That was a mouthful. With fellow researchers Eric Betzig of Howard Hughes Medical Institute and Stefan Hell, that's his real name, Stefan Hell, of the Max Planck Institute 
for biophysical chemistry in Germany. Article notes that the ability to dive deeper and deeper into human biology and visualize the inner workings of cells at a molecular level is central to modern research and medicine. So uh, that's very cool. Uh, I imagine that ham radio is probably a secondary endeavor for this gentleman, but it's uh, also very cool that it's being noted that he is an amateur radio operator, aside from being a brilliant chemist, apparently. Uh, If you want to know more about that, we will have the link in the show notes, and that came from the Amateur Radio Newsline as well. So lots of good stuff in amateur radio these days. And uh, this last one's kind of a a fun little story, uh, especially if you're into contacting unusual people and places. A 103-year-old ham still hamming it up. Greenville, Tennessee's Ham Fest was honored to have Charlie Kayhart, Whiskey for Kilo Kilo Papa, as their special guest. Charlie had just celebrated his 103rd birthday. Charlie said he was becoming interested in digital modes and is active on the radio. And there is a link to a story done by WBIR-TV in Knoxville. That, of course, will be in the show notes. And that information came from QRZ.com. All right. That's very cool. 103 years. I love how the story says he is now becoming interested in digital modes. So he is obviously still learning even at 103. So the, the story was, was brief, but I kind of gather that he has not been on the radio that long. Apparently this is just kind of something he's picked up in the last few years, maybe. And has now decided the digital mode seemed really cool. So well, Apparently he's had all the women he can deal with and all the jobs he's wanted to have and hiked all the mountain trails he's wanted to do. So now he's decided that he needs a new hobby at 102. Good on you, I guess. I hope I decide to try something new when I'm 103. All right. Well, that's what we got for... We're not going to spend a lot of time on these news stories because we have uh, Mike here. And we're going to interview him and get some interesting information, I hope. So uh, we'll we'll plow on through our Linux topics for tonight. Uh, we only have a couple of those, but they're kind of interesting. The first one is Linux is on the right side of history, an open source figurehead says. In an interview with Jim Zemlin, the executive director of the Linux Foundation, he talked about how Linux is changing the world. Uh, he says, one of the things about Linux that's so interesting is that it's an opportunity to do things that fundamentally make people happy. Well, it makes people happy some of the time. And since I do it for a living, it makes me unhappy some of the time, too. The act of sharing, the act of creating, and being a part of a community. It really sucks you in with an infectious... I was going to read that totally different. I'm glad I didn't. It sucks you in with an infectious enthusiasm that everyone who is touched by Linux catches. I think that it's one thing to say, hey, I'm a computer programmer and I work on technology, and completely another to say, hey, I wrote some of the source code that is in virtually every aspect of our daily lives. People are writing the code that runs virtually every stock market in the world. It runs air traffic control systems, health records, and so on. In fact, the Linux ideology is already playing its small but front and center part in the fight against Ebola. Take somewhere like West Africa or Pakistan. These are countries where they had no health record systems. In the end, a pediatrician from Indiana started a project to build a free medical record system modeled after the development method that Linux uses, and it has really changed people's lives as a result and has hopefully enabled better health outcomes in those countries. One of the many examples and ways in which Linux is influencing all of our lives and making the world a better place on a daily basis. Uh, Cheryl found that at the Inquirer. Ooh, that's that's not the the Inquirer, the uh, celebrity rag thing. What is the Inquirer? Is that a... 
It's a newspaper, obviously, but... Um, I actually found that information on Linux.com, I think, and that's where, you know, I just, it just had, like, the, the headline... Right, and when I clicked on it, that's where it took me to. So okay, yeah, it's an e, it's an e newspaper or an e periodical, I guess, whatever Sorry. they're calling them these days. So, <laughs> all right, and then also we have Linus Torvalds has no regrets, and he's not really the kind of person to have regrets. Uh, he says he doesn't regret any of his technical decisions that he's made in the twenty three years since he first created Linux. He said this at uh, LinuxCon last Wednesday. Technical issues, he says, even when they're completely wrong, and they have been, you can fix them later. Despite personal issues and disagreements, the community has thrived and created the best technology that they possibly can. Uh, He does, however, regret the times he has alienated developers and users with his use of strong language on the kernel mailing list, he said. Relationships can't be so easily fixed. I don't know. I think everybody kind of understands how Linus is, and they get upset, maybe, but brush it off eventually. Besides, it's all it's all for the greater good. Uh, despite these personal issues and disagreements with the community, uh, the community has thrived and created the best technology it possibly can. This is, Torval said, the ultimate goal. Uh, in a QR, Q&A on stage with Dirk Hondel, Intel's chief Linux and open source technologist, Torvald spoke about the state of the community, the kernel development process, what it takes to be a kernel developer, and the future of Linux. And uh, you can go to linux.com slash news and search for the full story there, and we'll also have a link to that in the show notes, of course, if you want to read all about it. Very cool. And uh, excuse me while I take a quick drink here. <laughs> ah, much better. So that is some Linux news and some ham radio news. And now we come to our third segment, Linux in the Ham Shack, which tonight is Linux in the Ham Shack inside of a person, because we have Mike, VA7XXM, who has already been introduced and uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about Mike. Mike is one of the guys who donated to our Hamvention 2014 fund way back in February. Now, of course, Hamvention was in May. And then we decided to go off the air in July. We're just coming around to our final listener interview. Here we are. And there you are. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> good. You didn't hang up on us. Excellent. So There we go. Not hanging up yet. All right. Good deal. So first, let's just find out a little bit about Mike Maydaniuk. I know you are, well, at least you were current, you know, living in British Columbia. I assume you still are. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and uh, what kind of amateur radio stuff you do out there in British Columbia, and, like, when did you get started in it? Sure. Um, yeah, so I am, I'm in, I am in BC. Uh, I moved recently uh, into the middle of nowhere, uh, so I'm enjoying that, getting settled in a, in a place with a little bit better uh, HF reception than before. Um, I kind of, I'm really into the digital modes as opposed to a lot of uh, chatting on, on the radio, uh, and I think that's a product of just being in the city where you really can't do, do much chatting at all. Um, so I've been hacking around with, uh, uh, various digital modes, having fun with it and, you know, enjoying it for the last few years. Okay. Do you, uh, do any contesting at all or is it pretty much just uh, digital rag chewing, I guess? What I'm really interested in, I'm actually interested more in the technology than the, the rag chewing. Uh, although, uh, uh, sure I do a, a little bit of it. Um, but, uh, 
what really attracts me to the hobby is actually, you know, understanding the technology and the interfacing your computer with it and building antennas and stuff like that. Okay, so what is like your favorite digital mode that you're using right now? Or what are you recently into? So I, I've actually been playing a lot with um, FL Digi, uh, working with Ready, working with uh, uh, PSK31. Um, I've just got settled in, into a place where I could uh, get out on HF. So eh, I'm hacking with that. And then the other digital stuff I was doing was really on VHF, so working a lot with uh, uh, APRS and, and whatnot. All right, that's pretty cool. So that's we obviously know kind of what your favorite parts of the hobby are. You're into the digital modes and uh, GPSing and stuff like that. So what what kind of don't you like about the hobby, or do you have any concerns about amateur radio? Uh, maybe from a Canadian perspective that we don't necessarily see here. Well, I think it's uh, kind of funny in that some ways it's not as welcoming as uh, it should be. So. Uh, I kind of expected when I got into it to, to have a lot of uh, conversations with people and just, you know, chatting on the radio like I did as a kid on CB, the band we shall not mention. Um, but I found that people, you know, sometimes on ham radio, they're, they're a bit clicky. And if you don't belong to the local club, they don't want, really want to talk to you. Yeah, that's a phenomenon we have discussed on the show before, and it seems to be prevalent everywhere. I mean, I don't know about places like, you know, Thailand and Burma and South America, but because uh, we don't really talk to those people, but at least in the United States and Canada, it does seem to be that that way. If you if you aren't a member of a particular group and you're you're pretty much considered an outsider, and I, I think that needs to change. Although I'm not sure, I, I know a lot of people have the idea that it should change, but it hasn't changed. So I'm not sure how to really get to that change. But hopefully it will, or at least we can work towards it somehow. Yeah, and I think that actually the some of the attitudes around Linux. Um, uh, map good with what what should be happening in ham radio a bit more, which is you know a bit more of that community, a bit more uh, sort of open source and collaborative work, and a little bit less of this um, uh, clicky I own the repeater kind of attitude. Right, right, yeah, and I really hope that gets um, more popular as a concept as time goes on. That's a little bit about your amateur radio background, so let's talk a little bit about your Linux background. How long ago did you start getting into Linux, and uh, why did you get into Linux, and what's your current distro of choice? So I've been using Linux since about 96. Um, I actually started uh, my first job in computers. I was fortunate enough to be the Windows programmer on a system that had a back-end uh, server that was all in Linux, this fascinating new tool. At the time, that was Slackware, uh, and you know, pretty much every option you wanted to add into it, you had to recompile the kernel. It was lots of fun, but it was a, a good exposure into the into Linux and into a different system. And especially, you know, back in those days, Windows was pretty pretty horrible. So I've been working, uh, you know, in my career, I'm a programmer slash project manager slash computer guy, just in general. And I've been fortunate enough to work in Linux about 50% of the time. At the moment, I'm working on a project that has a, a embedded Linux server, and uh, uh, it's, it's running on CentOS, the project that I'm working on. And at home, I run um, Linux Mint. Okay, that's, those are two that I'm using a lot. I use Linux Mint or Debian generally for home use, uh, client use, and CentOS and also Debian for server use. So that's excellent. Uh, right up my alley anyway. 
uh, and good choices because Red Hat Enterprise Linux definitely has some advantages and Scientific Linux and CentOS, which are community-based distributions based on RHEL, um, make you know accessing that uh, easier for the average person and it's certainly cheaper. Yeah, for sure. And, and it seems, I mean, I'm not an expert on CentOS yet, but uh, certainly for, for what we're doing in sort of a semi-embedded type application, it seems to be a, a good solid distribution. So, so pretty happy with it. Yeah, in the places where I use it, I also find it to be, you know, pretty straightforward and definitely rock solid, which is very nice. And of course, it's based on Red Hat, which has lots of active paid developers. So uh, it's designed to be stable and, uh, you know, easy, not necessarily easy to use, but functional, functional and stable. Inside of Amateur Radio, you obviously use it for your digital modes. You're using FL Digi and stuff like that. Um, is there anything else? You, well, you also said APRS. So is there anything uh, else you use it for within the realm of Amateur Radio? And what do you do with it outside the realm of Amateur Radio? Maybe outside the realm of your job as well. So really in, in Ham Radio, um, a lot of stuff that I've done, I've, I've worked a lot with uh, uh, Arduino embedded sort of stuff. Um, doing a lot of, uh, like I said, uh, APRS and, and, uh, using, you know, building embedded APRS receivers. And, and part of that is always when you're developing the code, you're always working in Linux. You know, you can work in windows if you want, if you, if you like punishment. Um, but, uh, generally you're working in Linux. So I'm really using it a lot as a development system. You know, outside of that, really, uh, uh, my home computer, I don't, I don't have a windows computer. Uh, I've got a uh, an, an old MacBook that has been converted to to Linux. Um, I've got a couple of other computers that are all running Linux. It's just my day to day go to OS as well, you know. So so browsing the web and doing whatever else I need to do, it's it's all in there. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. Using it day in and day out. That's what everybody should be doing, especially the Windows users who aren't doing it yet. So let's talk a little bit about Hamvention and our Indiegogo campaign. Uh, did you, did you, or have you ever been to Hamvention? No, unfortunately, I haven't been. Uh, hopefully, I'll get there one day. Yeah, everyone says hopefully I'll get there one day. Well, I guess you need to get there. Maybe, bef- maybe when you turn 103, you can decide. Hey, I'll go to Hamvention. There we go. I'll put that on my bucket list. All right, uh, isn't it on everybody's every ham radio operator's bucket list if they haven't been already? It should be. Certainly close for for most people, I think. Uh, I would think. Going back to, you know, LHS and Hamvention, you um, donated a considerable amount to send us to Hamvention, and that's why you're here and why we're talking to you. So as I've asked the other two people who did that, um, why would you do such a crazy thing? Well, you know, I fell down the stairs and hit my head. And uh, I uh, thought it would be a great idea if I could uh, donate random r- random money. No, actually, in, in seriousness, uh, you know, first thing, I've been listening to LHS for quite a while. So I, I'm a, more a lurker than a par- active participant. But I've uh, uh, probably started listening, you know, a couple years ago as the, as the episodes have come up. And uh, I've gone through the back catalog as part of my work when I get to program and whatnot, I'll be listening to LHS or some other podcast in the background. And so I've, I've made it through the uh, pretty much whatever's available uh, in your broadcast I've listened to. So I did really enjoy it. And I thought it was worth uh, a few bucks from my pocket to, uh, you know, pay for the the extra bit of sanity that you gave me while I was, uh, you know, coding and, and going through, through uh, recursive uh, 
functions and stuff like this. So, <laughs> so that was really good. Um, but the second thing that I really wanted to do is, is uh, I think it's important that we advocate for Linux. Um, I think it's important uh, to get the message out. And I also think that there's a huge synergy between Linux and uh, the ham radio, uh, or there should be a, a huge synergy. If you look at, you know, the early ham radio operators, they were, you know, building radios out of whatever parts they could, uh, assembling them and then publishing the results and, and uh, bringing the state of the art forward. And uh, Linux is a lot in the same way. Uh, you know, guys will hack uh, tools together and, you know, after six years, you end up with the Android operating system. You know, it's just that sort of same attitude as the early ham radio. And I think we really need to push that more so that we get more of the people who are, um, you know, thinking about buying radio equipment, you know, just off the shelf or buying HRD and using that on a Windows box, uh, getting them more in the hobbyist side of things. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. And I'm obviously, you know that because it's sort of lined up with your idea of why you should, you know, contribute to what we do. And it's always surprising to me, even though we've been at Hamvention for five years now, how little representation Linux actually gets there. Uh, you can wander around the 500 booths or whatever that, that they have, and there may be five that have anything to do with Linux or something other than Windows and just general ham radio technology. It's, it's actually kind of sad, considering how well-meshed the two worlds really are. It's really weird, and, and you know, when you think of how unstable windows is and and you know i played with with uh that package that shall not be named hrd um you know i played with it and, and it wasn't that great like it was just a hodgepodge of stuff and I, I really think that uh you know more people more vendors need to be developing some technology on rock solid linux-based platforms and and build cool tools with them yeah, I believe so as well. And I think that stuff will come, especially with the advent of some of the smaller single board computers and the Arduinos and stuff like that, where the development platforms are Linux-based. I think as that stuff works its way into the amateur radio world, development on Linux will get bigger. I mean, I know it's getting bigger, especially with things like Codec 2 uh, and the Sierra Radio Systems projects and stuff like that. It, it can only get better for us going forward. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it's just critical to make sure that, you know, when we have uh, people advocating and doing doing the legwork, which is, uh, you know, dedicating time into it and dedicating effort into it, um, being able to provide a little bit of support in whatever way I can, I think that's important. And it's important for, for others who are listening as well. Yep, absolutely. So I have uh, one, one more serious question, and then we're going to get into the silly stuff. So if anybody in the chat room is listening, wants to ask any silly questions of Mike, uh, post them and we'll, we'll get them asked. But, uh, so what is it that you've found you really like about Linux and the Hamshack? And uh, if you want to be as candid as you want to be, uh, let us know what you don't like about the show, because uh, we can always improve. So, uh, I don't know. I think it's a, a good show with a good mix of, uh, uh, it's not very serious, it's not heavy on the news. Um, you know, you're taking it uh, uh, a pretty lighthearted approach to things. And, you know, it makes it good to listen to. And it's something, you know, I listen to in the background a bit. And uh, uh, there'll be interesting tidbits. And I'll go back and listen to those interesting tidbits. And um, it, it's good that way. So it's it's not, it, 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 it's not uh, like the amateur radio news line or something like that, you know. So I really do like that aspect. 
Yeah, we don't want to be another just read the news type show because uh, that's really not terribly interesting. It's not like you can't browse Google if you want to find out what's going on. Um, just try and present a range of topics within a certain you know scope, but do it with some humor and stuff. So anything you uh, would change if you could? Well, well, actually, uh, back onto things that I really like. The other thing I really like, and some people uh, 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 say bad things about this, is I love the music. You know, I've been introduced to a few different artists through the show. It's like uh, like Brad Sucks, for example, and I can play that on Groove Shark and have something to listen to. And people ask me, hey, what's that? Where would you hear that? So I do like that aspect of it as well. That's good to hear because some people like the music and some people really hate it. But, you know, you can't please everybody all the time. No, no, you can't. Um, and, uh, yeah, as far as what, what I don't like about the show, to be honest with you, I don't know. I, I don't know what you could improve, to be to be honest. I think it's a pretty good mix. I think, um, you know, just making sure that you've got some content during the show is good. And there's been a few shows that were uh, uh, you didn't really have any content. That's okay, too. But uh, as long as there's some content, some value, I think it's a good thing to listen to. And uh, it's definitely worth my time to to keep in touch with. All right. Well, I appreciate that. And if you happen to think of anything else you would change later on the show, feel free to let us know. We can take it. Yeah, I guess I'd like to change the echo on my side. That's probably the worst part of the show. <laughs> uh, that's all right. If it, Yours is hardly the worst audio we've ever had. Trust me. So now we get off of the serious topics and we get to the silliness because that's half of what we do here. Uh, here's some here's some silly questions and I'm curious to see how you'll answer these and I don't know if any of these are maybe these will be dumb when I ask them but <laughs> okay maybe so I'll be offended. <laughs> so we'll ask the perennial question that always gets asked in interviews of males briefs or boxers uh boxers for sure oh you're one of those see I'm I'm briefs guy I can't do boxers <laughs> uh, I like freedom. <laughs> you used to be a boxers guy, so shut up. Uh, yeah, but you notice I don't wear them anymore, right? Uh, yeah, because I buy all your underwear for you. <laughs> okay, well, that was more information than we probably really needed there. But so here's another one: What superhero would you be, and why would you be that superhero? It can be one that's already existing or a made-up one. Jeez, I don't know. Um, I'm not really up on my superheroes. Uh, let's see, probably the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> You know, just because, uh, uh, and, and not the new incredible CGI Hulk. I'm thinking more of the 1980s Bill Bixby style Hulk, just because I think his fashion sense was really good. Yeah, yeah, he definitely had the the torn uh, jeans down to a science, I guess. <laughs> and you don't like me when I'm mad. <laughs> All right, excellent. All right, I, do you know who Paul and Storm are? We've played them a few times on this show. No. No. Okay. Well, they're they're musical artists. They're friends of ours, and they do a thing. They have a podcast as well. And one of the things they do is Storm will come up with a weird battle, which pitches two people against each other in a sort of battle royale. It's basically just you know, use your imagination to think of two people fighting, and then he gives you a specific battleground upon which those two entities will fight, and then you have to determine the winner. Who would be the winner and why you think that person would be the winner? Okay. So here we go. The two people involved in this fight are Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison. And the battleground that they're fighting in is gardening. Ooh, there you go. Well, definitely Tesla would win. The The first thing is, you know, Tesla is a, a Slavic fellow. And like myself, you know, I'm half uh, Ukrainian. And so this guy probably knew how to grow a good cabbage. And I think that he would 
he would make much better cabbage than Edison would. I think Edison would just go to the uh, local grocer and get cabbage, whereas I think Tesla would just, he would grow it, and it would be pretty wonderful. All right. Tesla for the win in gardening. Excellent. So now you know. If this ever came up, <laughs> we have the answer. Harrison in the chat room has asked a question. What is your favorite radio, ham radio, commercial or homebrew? I would I would have to say, I mean, I don't have enough experience with a, with a wide variety of radios. So uh, I have uh, uh, a uh, TS830S uh, Kenwood, older Kenwood. Uh, that's probably my, my favorite that I own. Uh, I like it because it has the two finals. I, I don't know, you know, why I like that. I just think it's neat, and it's a uh, you know good solid rig. I'm a big fan of Kenwood myself. I have a 570D because that's I, I've had Kenwoods all along, and they're they're my favorite and probably always will be. I think when I was a kid, I saw you know uh, uh, Kenwood radios at some some relatives and whatnot of mine, and they they looked the best, and you know they were. Uh, certainly as far as a brand name goes, you, you can't go too far wrong with it. I, I'm, I think they're very open on receive. And from what I've seen, at least in my experience, they're rock solid. You cannot kill these things. So That's a good thing because <laughs> I'm working on killing mine. <laughs> well, don't try too hard. Yeah. Let's see. Back to my questions here. Uh, if you could have an hour to talk with anyone you wanted to, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Uh, gee, you know what? I'd, I'd probably talk to you. That's uh, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Wait a second. <laughs> I think maybe it'd be good to talk to. I just say Bill Gates. Yeah, he's. I'm sure he's a very interesting person. I have no I, doubt that he's an interesting person. But why would you want to talk to him? I think Bill Gates was actually uh, one of those great original programmers. You know, during the seventies, and and of course he wrote the basic interpreters or a large portion of the basic interpreters on all the classic machines um you know his code is in there and uh i'd kind of like to to talk to him about that because it's fascinating to me um working on that sort of limited limited sort of machine and also you know kind of does he miss that you know now that i don't know what he does now he just has so much money he i don't know does he watch tv or, or what I, I just think it would be very interesting to talk to him and get his uh perspective on things and even though he's the, uh, you know, the head of the Borg. <laughs> I think he spends most of his time on his philanthropic endeavors, Gates Foundation and stuff like that these days. I think that's pretty much all he does other than sleep. Yeah. And to me, it would be fascinating because I think that he, he was one of those types of people who was a true, you know, computer nerd. And uh, for him to, to, to give that up and change and, and do whatever he's doing now, I, I just think it would be interesting. Yeah, I think I think the same thing of Steve Wozniak. He'd probably be one person I'd like to talk to. I don't know if he'd be the number one person I'd want to talk to, but I, if I could, I definitely would. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to talk to him as well. And, and you know, in my defense, you did put me on the spot with this question. So. <laughs> and that's okay. That's, the, that's part of the fun of it. So uh, what is your favorite band or song? Uh, favorite bands. So growing up, definitely with the Beatles were my favorite. Um, uh, David Bowie, I liked a lot. Um, then, uh, kind of, you know, as, as I got a bit older, I got into sort of the Smiths and some alternative stuff. So I think, uh, those three are probably my three favorites. Oh, excellent. Some classic rock in there. Good deal. Fill in the blank. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. <laughs> You're going to go oh. with the default answer, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually the best part is probably not having Folgers in your cup, having <laughs> Starbucks in your cup, but, um, 
the best part of waking up is, you know, uh, going to work. That's not it. Um, just uh, being blessed with uh, family and friends and life that I have. Uh, very good answer. Very good answer. So when your family hears this, they'll they'll know you were thinking of them. <laughs> uh, they'll undisown me. <laughs> uh I, we won't we won't delve into why they've disowned you so far sorry mom i'm really sorry <laughs> all right well that was all the silliness i had for the evening so if uh if there's anything you wanted to use this time for or anything you wanted to promote or just say this would be a good place to do it well i, I just uh, you know wanted to thank you again for having me on uh, uh like i said i've enjoyed your program for a long time and I hope you guys keep with it for a long time. And, and you know, part of that donation is also to encourage you to, to keep the faith and, um, you know, keep moving forward with this because I think it is a valuable resource that uh, fits a niche that, uh, you know, needs to be filled. So, so I do appreciate that a lot. Um, as far as shameless self-promotion is concerned, um, really don't have much. Uh, if you can figure out how to spell my name, uh, I have a, a blog on uh, Blogspot, which has a grand total of about five different uh, entries on it, called the Medanic Lounge, and uh, check it out. You may or not may or may not be interested in it, but uh, uh, check it out if you have time. And uh, yeah, thanks again. All right, we will, and I will get the link to that from you, so we can post it in the show notes, and I will have a link to it on the website, so you can check out Mike's blog. Now, of course, if you get a link from our site, you're going to have to actually start blogging and put some information up there. I can I can do more than just spew forth uh, random uh, uh, abuse in in blog format. Okay, <laughs> uh, that might be interesting though. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Cheryl, you've obviously been quiet because you didn't have any questions in the Etherpad. But do you have anything you want to ask Mike while he's here? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think you've pretty well covered most everything. You're welcome to hang out for the rest of the show if you like, or you can go your merry way if you want. But thank you so much for donating to our uh, Indiegogo campaign. Uh, we really appreciate it, and I hope that we did you proud at Hamvention this year, uh, sort of getting the word out. I think we did our level best to let as many people know as we possibly could, and that was the whole idea. And with any luck, we'll be able to do it again next year. Cool, and, and thanks a lot for having me on. And uh, uh, yes, I, I appreciate, and I'm sure a lot of the community appreciates the work that you guys do. So, so good work, and uh, I'll keep listening to the show. I'm glad we didn't run you off. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to come to our music segment for the night. We only have one song per episode now, and uh, we're going to get to that. This is something I talked about with Pete on the last episode because we were talking about our poker nights that we have at the house. It just so happens that a great Creative Commons artist, Jonathan Colton, has created a song he calls The Gambler's Prayer. And I would actually play this every night before we actually settle down to play poker, but unfortunately it's four and a half minutes long, so it's not really conducive just sitting around and listening as a sort of getting in the mood before playing poker. But if I could, I would, because trust me, if you've ever played poker at home with a bunch of your friends you are going to feel every word of this song. So uh, I'm going to put that on. You can find it at jonathancolton.com. It's a free download there. Uh, we'll be back in about four and a half minutes to uh, finish out the show. Lord, hear my prayer. Look down on me. I'm not as wealthy as I am. 
does this happen to me? Give me a sign. Show me you care. Straight to the ace, Lord, or Obviously, Colton plays a lot of poker. <laughs> I think he uh, expresses the sentiment of everyone who plays a home game of poker pretty well in that song. And again, JonathanColton.com. You can go to the songs link and download that for free. You realize that Jonathan has said 
that the next time he is in the area when we are playing poker, he is coming, along with Storm from Paul and Storm. Well, I don't know when that will ever be, since they only seem to go coast to coast anymore, but right. it will be very cool if they ever do. Can't wait. Yes. Can't wait to smash my opponent's fat face. <laughs> so yeah, go check that out. And of course, check out Jonathan Colton in general. Great singer, songwriter, and former software developer. Also very cool. Uh, anybody listening to this show should already know who he is anyway. But uh, if you don't, there you go. So now we move on to our announcements and feedback segment. I don't have any announcements that I can think of right now. So we'll just get into some quick feedback. First off, we got an email uh, quite a while ago now from John Grow, who uh, actually emailed Pete and asked, uh, do you think that I can operate with two video cards and two monitors under Linux? Um, I reloaded CrunchBang, and it's working better than I imagined. And the answer to that is absolutely. Um, I actually run two video cards with three monitors under Linux, and it works very well. What I will do is I will email you a skeleton xorg.comp file that will work pretty much with any uh, x11 configuration and basically you just have to substitute in the proper device names and it's actually very easy to get linux working with multiple monitors it's a very simple thing to do and i'll also uh, post that sort of generic config with the fill in the blank spots in the show notes so anybody else who uh, is looking to do this can do it. It's actually a very useful tool, and I can almost not function without at least two monitors anymore. Um, I actually use four at work just in order to get anything done. Yep, very possible, and I will uh, do my best to show you how. Uh, we also got a comment on episode number 131 from Scott Newland, who says, I just received my rewards from the Indiegogo campaign. Thanks so much, and thanks for a great podcast. Keep up the good work, Scott. Well, thank you, Scott. Thank you for your donation. I'm glad you got your stuff. And uh, I'm pretty sure everybody has gotten their stuff at this point, except for Mike, because Mike, you decided to move and not tell us where you're going. <laughs> uh, you and a lot of people. I will definitely get that in the mail to you so you can have yours. I've got it sitting right here next to me. Um, you're the last one, last one out. So you're, you're pretty much the last to get all of your stuff, but uh, you will get it. I promise. Great. Well, hey, if I get it for Christmas, I'll be really happy. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll try and make that happen. Uh, we also have a comment on episode number 129 from Dan, KB6NU, Kilo Bravo 6, November Uniform. He says, thanks for the shout out, guys. Tens of thousands of hams have used my study guides to either get their first license or upgrade to general or extra. Please consider adding my blog, KB6NU.com, to your blog roll. 73Dan, KB6NU. Uh, we have considered adding your link to our website, Dan. And good news, we did it. So uh, there's a link to kb6nu.com on the left-hand side in our blog roll over at lhspodcast.info. So if you want to get those study guides, just come to our site, click on the link, and there you go. Or you can just go to kb6nu.com. Uh, we also got a comment on episode number 128 from John Nightingale, who says, CQR log is superb. It's a native Linux application. and has every feature you can imagine. Highly recommended. For those still on Ubuntu 12.04, download the 1.6.1 package. We actually talked about the 1.8.2 version, I believe it is, of CQR Log that was just released. Linux in the Hamshack highly recommends CQR Log if you're looking for a native Linux logging application. And uh, we pretty much can't think of one that's better. We're still looking for, like, the greatest Linux contest logger, but we haven't found that one yet. As soon as we find it, we'll let you all know. 
We also got a tweet from Kilo One Alpha Hotel Bravo, and he says, regarding episode number 102's assertion, yeah, 102 is a long time ago, uh, if it's made of metal, a ham will use it. And what he sent us was a link to an article where a guy made a 440 megahertz antenna out of a garbage can. Uh, and a link to that will be in the show notes. So if you want to check out how to make your metal trash can into an antenna, you have all the information at your fingertips. We also got a tweet from at Donovan Ball, who suggested several bits of music for us to play on future episodes of the show. I've gone through and listened to most of them, and at least one of those suggestions will show up uh, as a selection in the coming episodes. So thank you, Donovan, for that. Uh, and look forward to your suggestions showing up in the music segment eventually. Uh, we also got some voicemails and a comment on episode number 133 from Rich, KD0RG. So let me go ahead and play his uh, voicemails first. Hi, show, Russ, Richard, Pete, and sometimes Harrison and Bill or whoever else is there. Uh, you know, I was browsing the web, the super interwebs. The other day, I came across k6e.hamsoftware.org, I think it is. You may have talked about this already, and forgive me if you have, but uh, he has given, thrown in the towel on his ham software development, saying that Linux is a hobbyist OS, and not and he will not, well, I'm inferring that he will not lower himself to a hobbyist, because he's a professional Unix programmer. Anyway, um, I wouldn't mind your opinion on that the fragmentation side of things. And I wanted to say that that pen that you guys sent me works awesome. I carry it around, and it works great. I fill out all my paperwork with it when I remember to bring it. And my shirt looks great, but my kids really like it. Thanks for the show. I hope to hear more soon, and I hope Pete's okay. I hope Richard comes back and, you know, all that. Bye. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's see. He made a couple of points. Uh, One about the developer. I think it was K6EEP something like that, who decided to give up on developing on Linux and move to Windows development because he's a professional. Well, actually, we heard earlier in this episode comments from other developers who think that Windows is actually a hobbyist OS and Linux is actually for serious development. And it's just, you know, which you decide to use. I mean, Windows gives you the opportunity to spend money to develop programs and get paid support, whereas Linux allows you to do whatever it is you want to do. And there's plenty of support out there. Even though it's community-based, there's still lots of support, lots of different tools for creating your applications. And I think Linux moved out of hobbyist mode a long, long time ago. But if that's the mindset he wants to have, so be it. He will develop his programs for Linux, and those people who want to use them will use them, and those people who don't, won't. Not much we can say about that, except, oh well. Uh, he also said his, the pen works great when he remem- remembers to use it, and I'm so glad about that. I'm glad that the you know the perks you got from donating to our campaign are working out for you, and uh, I hope you... Use it to tell everybody about the show, Rich. And uh, thanks once again for sending in voicemail. And that sort of leads into his second voicemail, which is this. And I wish more people would call in on, on the number also. It's uh, fun. It's easy to do. I encourage it. Say things like, um, it's the full moon tonight. It was the full moon a couple nights ago. But, you know, you can just say stuff like that. Seven through. And like Rich, I would like to encourage people to call in 
and leave a voicemail. Uh, the number is 909-547-7469. We love to have your voice comments. We will respond to each and every one of them. And if you're not the talker kind of person, you can send us an email, info at lhspodcast.info. We answer those as well, and we usually do it on the show. But if nothing else, you'll at least get an email response. We love interaction because it provides us with show content, and it lets you know that we are trying to be as in tune with our listeners as we possibly can. And we, we do try and help whenever it is possible for us to do so. I mean, that is part of the mission of this show is to impart information where we can, to learn where we can, and to promote the communities of Linux and amateur radio wherever it's possible to do so. Your contributions are highly desirable. So if you can do that, please do so. That's about it on the feedback front. So now we move on to our next segment, which is Cheryl's Recipe Corner. So Cheryl, unmute your mic and tell us about your recipe for this uh, bi-week fortnight. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. Okay, so this week, uh, in fact, Russ is going to record me making this on Friday night. Woohoo! I'm going to make beef and broccoli stir-fry. And my version uses strips of a lean roast that I have cut up, along with some frozen broccoli. Although you can use fresh, works perfectly fine as well. With some onion, along with a glaze made from soy sauce, brown sugar, and some ginger. And to add to the yumminess of this dinner, we're going to serve that over rice, and we're going to have some wonton soup, where the wontons are stuffed with shrimp instead of pork. And the recipe and video information will be in the show notes. They will be in the show notes, and if you subscribe over to Cheryl's YouTube channel, you'll have the whole thing, as we'll do the whole video of uh, putting it together, cooking it, and probably a little bit of eating it. So you definitely want to check that out. Uh, and of course, the uh, recipe and all the specifics uh, will be over there and as well uh, in text form in the show notes. And uh, you're also up for segment six, which is our social media roundup. So uh, this one is going to be a hell of a lot shorter than last week's. <laughs> uh, yes, much, much shorter. So in the social media roundup under our donations and subscriptions category, Robert Holiday did a yearly subscription. Uh, Bill Arcan did monthly and Bill Hyatt did monthly. Nobody liked us on Facebook, which just breaks my heart because I'm a big Facebook fan. William Turner joined us on Google+. Twitter was W8ACE. Nobody joined the mailing list. Nobody joined YouTube. Nobody bought anything. We're going broke over here. So. <laughs> We're not broke yet. Uh, the donations help quite a bit. And, of course, uh, we'll get to other ways you can help out when we do our little outro, which we're getting to now. So that's it, folks. That's episode 134 in the can. And I guess I should probably start the outro music. But before I do that, I will say once again, thanks, Mike, for being here. Uh, really appreciate your contribution. And I'm glad you were able to come on and uh, share a little bit about your life with us. And cool. And thank you for uh, letting me on. It was great. Not a problem, not a problem. And uh, hopefully we'll hear from you uh, via feedback and in the IRC chat in the future. So with that, I'm going to start the outro music and uh, we will head on home. So this is Russ K5TUX and this has been episode number 134. Linux in the ham shack. Thanks everybody for listening. Please check out our website. It's at http colon stroke stroke lhs podcast.info becoming an lhs ambassador you can uh, go to the website and look for upcoming events and information on how you can represent linux in the ham shack and a nearby linux 
con or ham fest. We provide you a booth. You go there, have a good time, and you tell everybody about Linux, amateur radio, and Linux in the Ham Shack. It's a lot of fun. You should do it. You can email us at info at lhspodcast.info or you can leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. You can visit with us on IRC. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network. And there's usually somebody in there to chat with pretty much all the time. So come check it out. You can subscribe to our mailing list. We'll send you updates about the show, upcoming contests, upcoming events, and all kinds of stuff there. You can buy show merchandise from coffee mugs to t-shirts, clocks, iPad covers, and all kinds of things at www.cafepress.com slash podcast or www.printfection.com slash podcast. You can also help the show by clicking on the sponsored ads in the right-hand column of the homepage or making a donation. You can also become a subscriber. All the information about all of this stuff is at lhspodcast.info. Listen live to our show every other Monday night, 8 p.m. Central Time. That's 0200, Tuesday morning, Greenwich Mean Time. Our recording schedule and the countdown timer are, of course, on the website. So thank you all for listening, whether you're listening live, whether you're listening after the fact. And thanks for all your contributions and uh, continued patronage. We will catch you uh, in a couple of weeks where we do it all again for episode number 135. Thanks to everybody. We'll see you next time. Didn't play with that lizard, you're going to go blind.